talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Interviews, news, and views. You're listening to State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Well, hello and welcome to State of the Nation, broadcasting live right here on today's News Talk, TNT. I'm Brian McLean, broadcasting live out of Central Texas. I'm here with Steve Hook. Steve, it's great to be with you today. Yeah, man. Uh, happy Friday, brother. Good to be here. Another big day yes. in the nation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy Friday to you and you. And I got to launch right in, Steve, because time is short and there's a lot to say. So um, one WHO ghoul presentation at the WEF Davos hooker party, uh, one Tedros. <laughs> Uh, he was there to say that based on their lessons learned from COVID, they're going to be better prepared for pandemic X, pandemic X, insert variable here, insert computer model here. Uh, and they, and he says they're going to bring all the experience and solutions into one with the WHO pandemic agreement framed. And he framed this as being about a common enemy, right? The subatomic particle that they can't show us is the common enemy, which is a typical problem reaction solution for globalism sort of things. And he's got hopes, Steve, he's got hopes that the yeah. pandemic agreement will be completed by the arrival of virus X. Isn't that fun? Yeah, well, you know, yeah. I'm telling you what, when you when you claim to be the uh, the champions for good, and you're planning on a lab-created virus to bring about the good, uh, there's a good chance you're not doing it for the good. That's, you know. <laughs> well said. Carrying <laughs> on with some events from the Ghoul Conference in Davos, I hear Cobra Commander, Spectre, <laughs> Blofeld, and Skeletor were all there. But, um, you know, we talked about this with Lynn Shaw yesterday, um, the backlash that... Uh, Heritage Foundation got for accepting their um, invitation to speak at Davos. Well, Kevin Roberts, the president over there at Heritage Foundation, went absolutely truth bombing, a truth bomb campaign at the panel at Davos. It was glorious. It was glorious. I highly recommend you watch the video. He said, it's laughable that you or anyone else would say Davos is protecting a liberal democracy. He went on to say, elites tell us open borders and illegal immigration is okay. Citizens say it robs us of American life. Public safety isn't a problem in big American cities, the WEF says. Citizens will tell you the lack of public safety damages the American way of life and their life. Elites tell us we have an existential crisis due to climate change. The average citizen knows that the solutions proposed cost more human lives especially in Europe in the winter, than do the problem and the problems themselves. He went on to point out that China, the number one adversary, not just to the USA, but to free people on planet Earth, not only does Davos not say that, they also give China a platform. The WHO, talking about foisting gender, gender ide ideology on the global South, practices that are being rejected in Northern Europe, Trust the basic science, recognize manhood and womanhood. He also mentioned the imbalance in support for Ukraine. Uh, and he said that 
we need to, the next administration needs to look at American policy and international policy through the lens of typical American citizens. And that the founding principle, the, the principle for the next conservative administration will be, quote, destroying the grasp that political elites and technocrats have over the average person. Yeah. The agenda that every single member of the administration needs to have is to compile a list of everything that's been proposed by the WEF and reject them wholesale. Bravo. Bravo. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and a, and a shudder went through the crowd as he spoke. It was, uh, you know, these people don't like being talked to uh, because they don't feel that anybody can talk to them on equal footing. They are above it all, don't you know? They are the masters of the universe. And here comes this guy uh, basically, uh, you know, shouting out some truth bombs that these folks don't want to hear. What I found so amazing about that video that you posted in just these conferences in Davos in general is the smug arrogance with which they're always delivered from the podium. This is why they feel no, you know, they, they feel no shame in dressing up in basically stormtrooper outfits in some of these. But this particular con uh, where that heritage guy spoke, the the, uh, the host, I guess, for lack of a better term, is basically saying, well, we're here to protect liberal democracy. And when we talk about Donald Trump, and he immediately brings up Donald Trump, and he goes, and Trump's promised vendetta and recrimination, and is this really, I mean, this is not, and I'm like, they're ignoring five years of them going after Donald Trump with recrimination and loads of vendetta. I mean, he had the temerity to stop Hillary Clinton. So they went after him with all kinds of vendettas. They still are to this very day. And yet this is lost on the, uh, on the super brains at, uh, at Davos. It's pretty startling. Yeah, it really is. Well, I don't know what to say other than state of the nation and TNT tip their hats to heritage president, Kevin Roberts for that, as well as, uh, many free people around the world who saw that that was, um, an absolutely awesome appearance. And if you're one of those people that trolled Heritage for accepting the invite, it's time to eat your words now. He went there and he said exactly what you or I would have said. Now, don't miss out on a thing. Be sure and download the TNT app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. That app is available right now to download, and it's awesome. You have access to the episodes and the chat in there as well. And we'll keep you up to speed on TNT. The facts. No spin or agenda. Not enough with the lies. We need the facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, you're watching State of the Nation on today's News Talk, and we're very happy to welcome, well, one of our cohorts, one of our partners in crime, if you will. I was very happy and honored to be on Timbo's program yesterday. I'm talking about the uh, the great Timothy Shea from The Reckoning with Timothy Shea right here on TNT. Hello, Timothy. How are you, brother? It's good to see you again. Happy Friday, my friend. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Brian. Are you sure you want to be giving me a platform? According to Rachel Madcow, you're not supposed to give people with divergent points of view from the mainstream narrative a platform because we could infect the minds of impressionable viewers. <laughs> I didn't know Rachel Madcow was still on the air. How amazing. I'm glad she's still spitting out those jewels for us. You know, I caught a podcast from um, our good friend in England, and I, people 
will discount him at their peril. He's a very theatrical presentation. And if you listen to what he said, if you saw a transcript, you'd be like, wow, who's this guy using such big words? He's very facile. They've tried to diss him to his face, and he's completely put them in their place. And uh, he ran a clip of Rachel saying uh, on, on Tuesday, melting down. Donald Trump lives in these people's heads rent free. And I'm talking for those that don't know, I'm talking, of course, about the great Russell Brand. She said on Tuesday, we will not be carrying the winner of the Iowa caucus. Right? He's like his name was Voldemort. She couldn't even say it. We will not be carrying the speech acceptance speech from the winner of the Iowa caucuses because we don't want to be responsible for broadcasting misinformation. This is the same media. <laughs> of which Time Magazine's part of. And Time Magazine made Hitler and Joe Stalin and Mao their man of the year. So give me a break with the <laughs> not wanting to provide a platform. <laughs> it's so it's so infantilizing, Timothy, to to assume like her premise is I'm gonna assume that you, the viewer, are not smart enough to tell for yourself what is misinformation what is lies and this sort of thing and and this attitude is the death of free speech throughout history anytime we look back at a, a government that that's media got overtaken where the politicians and the media and you know to include hollywood entertainment media all start saying that that is the the first brick <laughs> well we're many bricks into the golden brick road of uh censorship and techno technocracy. Well, that's exactly it. You put your finger precisely upon the central issue. It's their arrogance, their smugness, their know-it-allness, their infantilizing of people beneath them. You know, I was going to start today by, by asking whether you two really wanted to criticize the WEF for their hypocrisy. I mean, how Too dare late. you call them out on their hypocrisy? <laughs> and, but that's it. These people think they're so much smarter than, they think that they know so much more, that they know better, when literally, factually, every single thing they said, take, for example, during the COVID scandemic, was wrong. I'm not even yeah. going to say that they're lying. Even though they were lying, I'm not even going to say that they were lying. Let's say that there's some imaginary universe in which these people mean well, they mean humanity well, that they don't really mean it when they say that the carrying capacity of planet Earth is 500 million and that we've got to kill 7 billion people and that we're going to do it through vaccines and nutrition programs, as Bill Gates said. Let's assume none of that ever happened and that these people really do mean us well and they want to improve our lives. It still doesn't matter. Their arrogance and their hubris and their know-it-allness is just so beyond the pale especially since everything they say is wrong. Yeah. Well, you know what it is, Timothy? They, they, they have become uh, basically the progressive parental controls uh, yeah. of what's said on, on the air. I mean, it's not just hubris and arrogance. It's, it's this gatekeeper mentality. I mean, I remember years ago when Chuck Todd, back when he was still hosting uh, Meet the Press, said, we won't even have a scientist on that will debate the other side of climate change. That argument is settled. The science is sound. And right. from that point forward, they never talked about anything about climate change. 
except from the perspective that the gatekeepers themselves were ready to deliver. It is infantilization. Um, and unfortunately for them, they're, they're talking to a bunch of grownups that are looking at them like, what the living hell are you talking about? This is nonsense. Exactly. And, and people with their own agency, people that are sui generis and don't like being told what to do by a bunch of zipper heads. It's, this is how bad it is. Ronald Reagan referred to it as the nanny state. He dubbed it the nanny state you know, 40 years ago, and he was spot on. In response to the argument that the science is settled, I always reply, yeah, that's what the Newtonian physicists thought too, until some failed Swiss patent clerk named Albert Einstein came along with a pencil and a piece of paper and an equation that turned the world upside down. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Timothy, you know, I mentioned it in the lead in there, but what about Tedros getting a platform up there and talking about how they want to bring the who wants to bring all the lessons learned from COVID? Which lessons are we talking about considering the voices that have been shut down that you guys are speaking about here? Same thing happened there. Uh, totally shut down and deplatformed, demonetized, depersoned, uh, debanked in some cases. People that scientists, doctors that had other opinions. And uh, he says they want to bring the lessons learned, which are, I assume, uh, masks are great. Social distancing is great. Uh, violating people's civil rights is great. And uh, they want to bring that to disease X. I mean, uh, they're just telling well, I don't us know about, this is coming. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I only learned one lesson during COVID. And that's that all these government officials, these doctors, these medical journals, these boards of medicine, these governors everybody behind violating our rights and killing us they need to be at the very least in prison for life but i would prefer to see them face the ultimate penalty for genocide because that's exactly yes. what they did yep yeah and of course as we all know the path to hell is paved in good intentions and i'm not even so sure their intentions were good that's I what mean, I'm saying. Good, yeah, that's yeah, a cartoon Google land to think their yeah. intentions are good. I mean, yeah, that's, you know, for, they, they, that's for normal people, not ghouls over <laughs> there that are paving the path to hell with fire brick roads. Yeah, but they're also paving their bank accounts with real gold. So oh, yeah. they've got that going for them. God knows Fauci made off with a, a couple of hundred mil. It really is. I mean, you know, we were talking about it last night, yesterday, Hash, uh, that we're kind of on the on the knife's edge of of where we're going to go and not just americans the western world in general is basically uh, we see the plans the plans are being laid out you know if they tell you what they want to do believe them because they want to do it and uh that's why it was good to see heritage go over there and put a thumb in their eye and it was good to see javier mile go over there and put a thumb in their eye uh, hopefully more and more thumbs go into more and more eyes over there at WEF, but we shall see. You're exactly correct. I love uh, that they did that. And Brian, you're exactly right. The people that criticized Heritage need to eat their words. I, I will say this. You know, Timbo's rule number three, act a non verba, right? Deeds, not actions. When people tell you who they are, believe them. If you've got a guy like Klaus Schwab, who's dressing up like Mike Myers in Goldfinger or Goldmember. Maybe you ought to think that this guy's a megalomaniac with delusions of grandeur who wants to take over the whole world. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we know where Klaus's, Klaus's family got all their money. His father was a huge industrialist during the Nazi run. So, I mean, you know, it, it, I don't know. I, 
the sins of the father? I don't know, but he certainly has designs on global leadership. There's no question of that. I mean, I mean, he, and he's the thing that's crazy about it guys is that he is so blatantly open about it and says it with this smiling face and the media just laps it up. It's like, Oh, this guy really means us all. Well, it's like, well, I didn't vote. I, I didn't never voted for that idiot. Uh, yeah, and, yet, and that's we why go. we have to take, you know, not the sins of the father, but the money of the father. That's why we've got to question politicians like Vivek who, took a grant from the Paul and Daisy Soros Foundation. That's how he was able to attend Yale Law School. Even though he was worth $14 million, he took a grant from the Paul and, and uh, Daisy Soros Foundation to fund his law school. Yeah, but I'd wager he's going to end up in the cabinet somehow, some way. I, th I think you're right. And uh, you heard it here first. I haven't been giving air to this because I don't want to plant the seed in people's minds. But I'm really scared that President Trump is going to name Elise Stefanik as his vice presidential candidate. And I'm telling you, she's in the congressional district right next to ours. She says all the right things. She's been doing some great things, and that's fine. But she was also the co-chair of the Wednesday group, the moderate Republican group, along with my grammar school and high school classmate, John Katko. And we all know how John Katko turned out voting for impeachment. And I just, I like Elise. I would like to keep Elise in Congress. She's doing a great job for the people of her district. I do not want to see her a heartbeat away from the presidency. Christy Nome, I'm telling you, that's who it's going to be. Yeah. Well, it could be, it could be, but I take your point there, Timbo. Uh, you know, I mean, we're going to talk in the next segment about Greg Abbott and, you know, we're very skeptical about some of these characters. And no and Doug Burgum either. I saw Doug Burgum on the stage in yeah. Iowa, and that scares me. He is a Hollywood hypocrite. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're, we can smell these things. We can read the tea leaves, and we're going to continue to do so as we approach the elections this year, Timbo. I want to... I want to recommend The Reckoning with Timothy Shea, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on today's News Talk, Monday through Friday. Timothy, have a great show today, and thanks for joining us on State of the Nation. Thanks, guys. Cheers. All right. You, this is... Uh, this is today's news talk, TNT. TNT's Darren Denslow. Yeah, I'm talking about the illness. Actually, that has done has been doing the rounds. Not have we only seen a uh, a mass influx of people waving their COVID tests online? Look, I got a red line. It's like, oh my god, people are testing, or people, you know, trying to encourage others to wear their masks. Um, but there has been a talk of a dry cough. There have been doctors coming out saying we've seen loads of cases of that. Uh, have you been suffering from, you know, a bit of? Cough and flu or cold or COVID. Well, Darren, I, COVID. I, I just I just did my eighth test, oh, and okay. um, I, I'm just going to keep doing it until I get lines and lines. Why? Well, because work's coming back up, isn't it? Digging deeper with DD Denslow on today's News Talk TNT. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? 
government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I'm trying to find the seeds and breadcrumb trails of truth as it pertains to Texas Governor Greg Abbott, my governor out here where I live, um, and his actual role in the southern border crisis. Many Americans think he's a benevolent political actor in this regard. He's put hundreds of millions of Texas tax dollars into Operation Lone Star, which came to my attention during the Uvalde school shooting incident. So the reason there were over 130 law enforcement agents from just about every agency you can think of um, on scene at Uvalde is due to Operation Lone Star. Maybe that's just a unhappy coincidence. You would think it would be a, intuitively, you'd think it'd be a good thing that <laughs> would have led to a better response, a better response time and an outcome for those that ended up victims could have been better also. But amazingly, it didn't, quite the opposite. Um, then there's Abbott's campaign of busing migrants to blue sanctuary cities. Um, this excites people on the surface who are opposed to unfettered illegal migration into our country, yet to others, including myself, looks more like a PR move, a controlled opposition perhaps, a steam valve for a politician who's simply a PR hustler and a great GOP electioneer. And it appears to some Texans and Americans that Abbott is simply another cog in the machinery facilitating a government-sponsored illegal invasion of America and chemical warfare being wrought on America to the tune of 100,000 dead from fentanyl annually. Joining us now to discuss is an independent journalist known as the Truth Hound, Mr. Mark Anderson. Welcome back to State of the Nation. So give us the latest on the border and what you're hearing in your reporting on local opinions of Greg Abbott. And I'm particularly interested in the Eagle Pass sector right now, where there appears to be another PR junket happening, potentially full of statecraft and stagecraft. Mark Anderson, what do you think? <laughs> This is where statecraft becomes stagecraft. Let me uh, reflect very briefly. I found an old dystopian movie called Treason made in 1930. Interestingly enough, they had what looked like laptops and what looked like Skype. Very strange. Anyway, it showed a geopolitical rendering and it said that at that time, the regime had fostered the obliteration of threatening national boundaries to bring about continental federated states. In other words, there'd be no, no longer uh, any uh, national boundary lines. And this was envisioned in this 1930 movie called Treason. 
uh, federated wow. uh, continental wide states, no national boundaries. Very interesting. And one might think that maybe that's the whole purpose of the so-called uncontrolled uh, migration, they call it. Uh, maybe that's the whole thing, right? But digressing from that, uh, the situation at the border, particularly the Eagle Pass sector, with Eagle Pass being the area of the Texas border, where arguably there is the most illegal entries per day, per week, per month. And remember that Texas comprises about 1,200 miles of the 1,900-mile border. So where Texas border fails, the nation's border fails. Whatever additions New Mexico, Arizona, and California might have to the total numbers. But what I'm hearing from what I believe are reliable sources on the ground, and these are people that get their hands dirty, um, one source had been out there for a long time. He's had to back off a little bit. Another source is out there in the field. I may refrain from using names. We'll see how it goes. What they're saying is that um, Abbott is throwing the fight, that he doesn't appear to be serious, that he appears to be playing into the hands of the traffickers and the globalists by hook or crook, wittingly, unwittingly. And the evidence, for example, is there's this announcement floating around that the Texas State Guard and the, D the DPS or the state police won't allow the federales into a approximately 2.5 mile stretch of the Eagle Pass sector because there's this so-called standoff or tension between state and federal officials. Therefore, the state officials look more heroic. They don't want to deal with the feds anymore. The feds are cutting their concertina wire. The feds are getting in the way. Joe Biden is the problem, not Greg Abbott. Well, my source on the ground says he witnessed directly, as did others with him, a Texas State Guard handing over the people they capture over to the U.S. Federal Border Patrol and Customs and Border Protection, or CBP, uh, under dark of night, mainly. So um, that would then mean that those captured illegals would go on the Federal Express all over the country, which is what we're told Abbott is trying to prevent. And as you mentioned, Brian, this stunt or GOP-oriented political stunt whereby early on Abbott started shipping a lot of these excess illegals to New York and various other states to show them what it's like to deal with this uh, uh, outpouring of illegal entries. Yeah, that sounds good. It sounds like a gotcha toward Biden and his regime, right? right? But what that really is, I mean, back up and look at it. It still means they're being sent inland without a court trial. Uh, supposedly they have court dates. We have no verification of the reality of that. And they're still being spread out all over the country. And Abbott simply makes it look good, one might argue, um, to get back at them Democrats. But the end result is the same. They're not uh, captured. They're not um, you know, detained and then largely deported, which is what Abbott is claiming he's pretty much bent on doing. It ain't happening. So, you know, you be the judge uh, out there in radio land, it, there's just nothing Abbott has done, according to my sources, that has convinced them that he's the border, he border hero that he claims to be. Hmm. Mark, listen, we're going to, uh, it's good to have you back on the show, my friend. We're going to take a real quick headline, but when we get back, I want to address that because, I mean, I know that that both of you are kind of soured on Abbott. I get it. I'd certainly get it. Uh, knowing this stuff that many of us don't know what Abbott's doing behind the scenes. You guys seem to be a little bit closer to that story. That said, 
is it backfiring on them? Let's take a break. Got to do a headline. We'll come back and we'll get your take on that. You're watching State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. Turn on the news. News, 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 flash. TNT Radio News. TNT, this is James O'Neill. The Houthi rebels in Yemen have openly stated their intention to directly confront the United States, vowing to continue their attacks on ships in the Red Sea until the blockade of Gaza by Israel is lifted. A hearing has been set for February 15th by a Georgia judge to examine claims made against Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis and her chief prosecutor, Nathan Wade, related to their involvement in the Donald Trump election interference case. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, you're back with State of the Nation on TNT, and we're talking to Mark Anderson and specifically focusing in on the border crisis and Abbott, is he basically just doing stagecraft for statecraft? I I don't disagree that there's probably a lot of that going on. And I have no doubt that he's wheeling and dealing behind the scenes and probably doing things that uh, most Americans don't think that, uh, or, or think that he's shouldn't be doing because he does come across as like, Oh, well, he's really showing it to those blue States, Mark. So I get your point. But at the end of the day, as we saw at the Iowa caucuses, this is on this is top of people's mind when they go to the polling stations now. Is this illegal immigration crisis? And I don't know that it would have been top of mind had it not been for these uh mass bus loads. But if I'm going to give credit to anybody for that, I would say the one that really really got them going nuts was Ron DeSantis down in Florida when he sent the bus load to to uh wherever the hell uh, Martha's Vineyard. And as soon as they realized these guys didn't have leaf blowers on their backs and they weren't carrying weed eaters, they got them off the island within 24 hours. So maybe maybe this is backfiring on them in that people are seeing it saying, no, 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 this is not in my name. Bunch of NIMBYs all of a sudden. These uh, sanctuary cities are becoming not in my backyard types, huh? Yeah, I mean, that that still has that effect. And the people I'm talking to and what I'm talking about today is not so much my opinion, but my other sources, they believe that that did have some good effect that that tactic of sending them inland Martha's Vineyard, New York, but they believe that eventually that will wear out. It'll lose its stick, you might say, and that it, it will become more of a stunt and less of an effective uh, strategy. So they're saying, just how long will this go on? Busload after busload. Okay, you've made your point. The critics of Abbott are saying, now we've got to get serious because the numbers coming into Eagle Pass are so tremendously high that we don't really have time for stunts and, and political uh, strategies anymore like that, even though they have been effective to a degree in the way you indicated. So they're just saying that currency will soon run out. You know, it'll soon lose its effect. And we need to think broader and deeper on this uh, because of the sheer numbers. You know, do we have a border? Are we going to actually... Uh, enforce the border and make it real or not. Um, the people that live along there, one of the main things they say is they would take Abbott more seriously if he did one thing. If he got the sheriffs to deputize or if he himself deputized lots of concerned citizens in the border counties and others who want to take part and get them in a posse of sorts to supplement the DPS and the uh, state National Guard and to get serious about repelling and laying the groundwork for we cannot allow any more people into this country based on sheer numbers. We don't hate immigrants. We don't want men, women, and children to come to harm. But there's a lot of uh, 
mainly men coming over in many instances who are between 18 and let's just say 35. There's some security concerns there. There's the blending in of not just traffickers, but cartel operations. Uh, you know, the, the cartels are having a really good life right now. Things are going really well for them at that border. That open border facilitates their market. So that's what people want to see. They want to see a posse maybe by the border sheriff, certainly Abbott involved, and then they would believe more deeply, or at least they'd believe at all, that Abbott is really serious about this, and he's not just uh, a bush boy, as some call him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mark, um, I want to throw one other border-related incident at you, and we got about three and a half minutes left, so if there's time, if you could leave just a smidge of space, I have a Davos question as well, but I saw an incident out of san antonio where a citizen journalist approached a couple of san antonio pds who were manning a station that was processing migrants and they went up to him and he said hey are you guys on duty and they said no this is extra work and then another there are two officers here and the other officer said say no comment from here on and he started asking them he said so who's paying you you know is the police department paying you or is it the ngos because we know it's the ngos that are paying you so uh you know, he got in this long discussion and and basically, you know, did a pretty good job of outing the fact that uh, police officers are showing up in uniform in cruisers to man some of these stations and not being paid by tax dollars. So using their police authority um, as another arm of the government supporting these activities. Um, any any thoughts on that or final thoughts on the border? Well, my quick thought on that is if they're taking private money but showing up in their police uh, taxpayer supplied uniforms using their taxpayer supplied cruisers, weapons, et cetera, that's a huge conflict of interest. I mean, in terms of how civic government is supposed to act, they, they would be acting or um, enforcing the law in any way outside their authority because they're no longer on the public dime. So they're no longer working for the public. So that should be a non-starter. That that whole thing should be broken up and dismissed out of hand. Now, what else yeah. can you say? That's just fundamentally wrong. Yeah, and he was threatened with arrest, too, if he didn't cross the street. Um, and with regards to Davos, quickly here, uh, we got about a couple minutes left. Uh, we saw Tedros there from the WHO, and he was pitching the pandemic agreement and talking about uh, disease X coming uh, talking about the lessons learned from COVID and how if uh, pandemic agreement is signed before disease X arrives, that we'll know exactly what to do and how to treat it. And by that, I assume he means masks, mRNA mandates, and uh, the whole six feet that doesn't, you know, just appeared in our culture, according to Fauci. Um, any thoughts on his appearance at Davos and uh, any updates on the pandemic agreement? Well, they're shooting for that May 27 deadline of the um, WHO and its um, uh, big annual summit uh, to try and sew that up. So there's about a four-month window here, but opponents better act fast because while we worry about the border, rightly so, and many other issues, what's going on in Gaza, et cetera, the thing to not lose sight of is precisely what you're talking about, Brian, because once this is put into place, if it's allowed to be put into place, it's going to be very difficult to get Godzilla out of Tokyo here. This is going to be really difficult to deal with. So it has to be prevented from ever um, coming into being. And I'm not surprised Tedros is there, but I'm rather alarmed at this. Uh, you know, disease X sounds like planet X. Does it even really yeah. exist, right? 
It's very, very um, ambiguous, and it cannot be taken at face value based on what we learned in 2020-21. So, uh, yeah, all, all, all hands on deck to prevent that treaty if you're concerned about those issues. Yeah, all hands on deck indeed, Mark. That could be the thing that really ends up uh, kneecapping freedom. Uh, because they they have a right. line, the WHO has a line on the gender identity thing. They have a line on the climate thing. They have a line, a big line into the pandemic industrial complex, and they're very excited about disease X. And I don't know about you, Mark, but in seventh grade or whenever that was, when I took um, algebra one, X is a variable. X is a variable and variables are what they use for their computer models. So they're almost saying the quiet part out loud here. They're letting us know, hey, all we got to do is throw a variable into that COVID computer model and those PCR scams and we got you again. So uh, yeah, thanks Mark for everything that you're doing. We really appreciate you. Uh, find Mark uh, on the internet at thetruthhound.com. Find him on ukcolumn.org on Mondays. Uh, in the boiler room on Thursdays often at Alternate Current Radio and where all good uh, media is happening. You'll find the truth hound. Thank you, Mark. The real media. That's it. The real media. See you later. All right. Mark Anderson right here on State of the Nation at today's News Talk TNT. As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was gonna make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Prescription drug pricing points to corporate mountain. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. It's about your right to be informed. Today, no. there are real threats to press freedom and your right to know about the world around us. We must protect our right to know, no matter what kind of news is important That's to you. Question. Before it's too late, understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org Interviews, news, and views. You're listening to State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. Well, we're very happy to welcome our next guest, mental health advocate and resiliency trainer, Kristen Christie, is the co-creator of the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. She's spoken candidly about the importance of mental health and the need for a collective effort uh, to build resilience uh, during a recent interview. But So she's very much an advocate here for mental health. We can certainly use a bit of that. The nation is approaching National Resilience Day, Coming down Monday, March 4th, uh, and Christy has issued a call to action urging individuals to make a phone call or send a text message and check in on those uh, around them and make sure that they're okay. Uh, Kristen joins us now on State of the Nation. Kristen, Christy, hello. It's so good to see you again. How are you today? 
I am absolutely fantastic. Thanks. Happy New Year. It's hard to believe that this January, we're so far into the new year already. Yeah, it goes quick. It's it's a weird little trick God plays on you. As you get older, the time goes quicker. Um, Yep. I keep asking for a God watch for Christmas (laughs) with instructions (laughs) on what his timing is. (laughs) Yeah, it would be good. Those would sell like hotcakes. Yeah. Listen, tell us about National Resilience Day uh, and, and and your effort in, in, in getting it promoted and having this talk that's long overdue about the scourge of mental health issues that really are at the root of a lot of our problems these days. Yeah, it's I, I will tell you, with my background, um, as I had mentioned before in previous interviews with you all, I lost my first husband to suicide after a deployment. Both of my children attempted after that. My oldest son's been missing. And about 12 years ago, as I was wallowing in my victimhood, uh, I was looking at the calendar and March 4th, it was like it popped off the page at me. And I just thought March 4th and conquer. And I can wallow in victimhood as much as I want, but it's my choice what I do with that. Can I, Do I survive and thrive? Um, Am I a victim or a victor? And that just, it was amazing how it empowered me, March 4th and conquer, to really get up and do stuff uh, to better my community uh, because it ultimately bettered me. It made me heal. And so for over 10 years, I have been working on National Resilience Day, March 4th. We march forth and conquer our insecurities, our disappointments, our self-limiting belief, which I call the stinking thinking between the ears, um, and our adversities. And it's a day just to put your feet on the floor when you wake up in the morning, pull your shoulders back, hold your head up high. You have survived. You have been as resilient as you can with the tools that you have. And it's it's an opportunity for us to come alongside of other people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. How what so how when did this start? Are you the person that started this? This was your initiative. And I mean, this is absolutely amazing. And if anyone, you know, can speak truth to power about, you know one's ability to bounce back from you know something terrible something tragic i mean many of us have experienced this or know someone who's experienced this and the things that you have been through you know many people who have lost a spouse that that alone is enough to just send them down a path that you know sometimes they can't crawl out of sometimes you know sometimes people don't even survive it but then to have these other things happen with your children that you mention I mean, you are definitely an authoritative voice in here and an inspiration to people. What? How do you? How do you um, communicate this to someone who's been through something similar? Like, how do you tell them about how you were able to, you know, roll yourself out of the bed and start coming up with initiatives like National Resilience Day? Well, I certainly didn't do it alone. It took my community. It t- took my friends. And literally the days that I could not get out of bed and take my children to school, my friends would come over and they wouldn't take my children to school. They were my accountability partners. And they said, you get out of bed, you take your kids to school. We are going to supervise. We aren't going to do it for you. 
Um, so it took those people to see the crisis I was in, understanding a little bit. Not everyone goes through that, but we all go through a 10 out of 10 on the pain scale. And so when I do get those calls to either come speak to a group or or even those individual calls, my my number is on my website. I welcome people to call. Um, it's I come alongside of them almost my friends call me a an emotional support human and you come alongside of them very gently and with an understanding a little bit of what they're going through we all go through different things and different emotions um and it's okay to feel the feelings i think resilience has three parts to it you feel the feelings Go ahead and feel those feelings, all the the ranges of feelings. And it's okay. It's okay to cry in front of people. I don't apologize anymore when I cry in front of people because I'm a human being. <laughs> uh, feel those feelings. And then you bounce back, but you don't want to stay in the same place. When you come back like Bozo the Clown that we used to blow up and he had sand in the bottom of him and he would bounce back, he's in the same spot. I didn't want to be in the same spot. And then I marched forth. And I conquered and I did it with my army of friends and resources. So March 4th, National Resilience Day is to really reflect on what have you overcome? How did you overcome it? And how can you share that with other people, whether it's a resource like 988 or um, some other resources? We have so many nonprofits available to us to share that with someone else and to make that phone call or that text message to someone to say, hey, I was thinking of you today, or I've noticed you've been a little off lately. Is there something I can do to help you? And maybe it's just listening. Yeah. Well, That's I must okay. say, I must say, Kristen, I, I'm curious as to what your take is. We've seen, um, in this country, and frankly, in Europe, it's probably even further further along than we are here in the States, of this kind of um, getting away from faith. Uh, a very we've in, embraced a secular notion of our of our existence, of, of of science, of everything, and therefore it seems like the the natural reaction to that is, well, if science can explain everything, we don't need God. Let's ask, you know, let's get God out of school. Let's get God out of the public square. Let's get God. And I'm telling you, and I'm not trying to proselytize here or anything. That's not what I'm about. But I, I, I think that there have been some very obvious problems with that. And I think mental health issues are, you know, you see a lot of that. If you don't have faith in anything other than yourself, and then you've lost faith in yourself, where do you turn? I mean, you know. So, do you think that the that the uh, that the, uh, the 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 encroaching secularism that we see everywhere is that playing a role in some of these? Uh, because I mean, obviously, we've been a lot of wars, a lot of vets out there that are suffering. But I would think faith would be a pretty big help in this regard. Am I right? For me, absolutely, and I do think. It you know, personal perception and thoughts is I I would like to see more people coming back to their faith. I have noticed, and I did the same thing in college. I, I didn't go to church when I was in college. There's a, a time where I went away from the religion part, if you will, and even my faith. 
But now to come back, I am a strong believer in the power of prayer, the power of community, the power of believing in something bigger than yourself. For me, it's uh, Jesus Christ, our Savior, um, that has helped me get through. The foundation of faith has helped me get through and prepare for what is coming in life. You know, there's a saying, life is a tough teacher. We get the test first and then we learn the lesson. And God wants what's best for us. So when we get that no or we don't get that promotion or the in the military, the assignment that we want to guess because there's something better out there for us. And it's our our time to experience it. And so when those who feel hopelessness and loneliness and a they just feel like a way out is to take their own life. It breaks my heart that I wish someone could come breathe life into their life, breathe light into their world, into their darkness, and just be with them. Because just like the perfume, right? I want to walk into the room and people say, she has something I want. Well, let me tell you about my faith in Jesus Christ and God, our father. Um, that is what has gotten me through. Project healing heroes.org is your website. I want to encourage you to go to the website, check it out, get involved. Um, going back to national resilience day for a moment here. How does the event play out? Is is it all in person? Is there a virtual aspect, social media connections? Um, you already mentioned like making phone calls, sending texts. Uh, I imagine, you know, emails, letters, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, all, but but talk to us a little <laughs> bit about how it's organized. Yeah, all, all of it. So it's a, a, you know, it's whatever people want to do and what they feel comfortable with. Um, reaching out to someone, social media, uh, we're doing the hashtag NRD as a National Resilience Day uh, 2024. Um, put that hashtag, you know, let us know about resources across this nation that people don't know about. Whether you're an organization, have an organization, um, or know of an organization and those resources. And make sure to call or text someone. It's very personal, but personal and intimate, if you will. Uh, I have tried to get National Resilience Day as an executive order. Unfortunately, it was in 2020. <laughs> we all know what happened then. Um, so they were a little distracted, but yeah. uh, it's really whatever people wanna make it. I do have organizations that have resource fairs that day and people bring canned food and they carry it because it's heavy, just like those emotions in life. And then every time they they reach a table uh, and learn about a resource, they drop off a can of food um, and they pick up a, a brochure or put that number in their phone. And it's just like life. Those resources help you get rid of some of the emotions and some of that, uh, that weight that is on your shoulders um, from life. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I love the idea of it too, because it's basically, you're just saying, listen, for, for a few minutes out of the day on March 4th, 
think about somebody else, um, which is not to, I don't mean to sound like I'm, I'm picking on people for being selfish, but I'm just saying, do the right thing and reach out to folks uh, th- that you may not have uh, spoken to in a while. Uh, people going through a tough time. I think it's such a wonderful message because there's plenty of folks that we all know that are going through a tough time. And uh, sometimes that makes people feel like, God, the the weight of the world is on my shoulders and nobody seems to give a darn. Uh, and reaching out to those folks can be a big help and a big boost. And and it helps everybody, doesn't it? It doesn't yeah. just help the person you're calling. kind of helps you feel a little bit better about yourself, no? Did you see my face as I was talking about it? I mean, it's just my, I feel like my face is going to split open from smiling so much. But I think of, of every time, every morning, I text two people randomly uh, out of my contact list. And it just makes me feel so wonderful, uh, even if they don't reach back out. But I can I can only imagine how they feel uh, I hope that they feel seen, that they feel like they aren't alone. Um, it's just, it, it's just something I, I so passionate about to come alongside of just one person and it multiplies, uh, for those of us who are uber extroverts, one person isn't enough. <laughs> so we reach out to more. Um, but it's, for me, March 4th is, is so important. I actually got married on March 4th. Now, I didn't think it through because I'm usually not home on March 4th. <laughs> Organizations <laughs> usually have me out. Um, but this year will be 10 years with my new groom, Sean. Um, but that's how passionate I am about this one day. And for me, every day is March 4th. And I do have a website strictly dedicated to National Resilience Day. It's nationalresiliencedate.org. If people want to find out more and and see how um, they can contribute to society and resilience, absolutely. Okay, nationalresiliencedayorg and project. um, Oh, sorry, protect (laughs) protect Protect healing healing heroes. heroes. Yep, I'm on their board. Okay, excellent. And and of course, you're also we you know we mentioned it last time you were on here. We talked about it a bit. You're also uh, the co-creator of the 988 Suicide and Crisis Helpline uh, Lifeline. There, so that's available to everybody uh, with three touches on the phone. That's a, a huge win for society right there. Um, we got about a minute left here, and you know when you were talking about setting the cans down and and picking up a brochure. It made me think about the symbology of that, you know, because I've heard it said before, I don't remember who the quote came from, but I've heard it said before that um, our negative emotions are like a bag of bricks, you know, so if you're carrying around guilt, if you're carrying around resentment and remorse, you can literally choose to set that heavy bag down. So um, I like that. And I'll take your thoughts on that in our final minute here. Yes. I absolutely agree with that. Um, We have a negativity bias just as human beings. We concentrate more on the negative than the positive. And there's research that says for every negative comment or negative thought in the the stinking thinking, um, it takes three to seven positive thoughts, positive affirmations to negate that one negative thought. So in the mornings, the first thing I do is I write my my gratitude journal because I have to focus on what I'm grateful for. And before I lay my head down on my pillow, 
I write in my gratitude journal. For me, that helps me get on the right path of gratitude and those positive feelings. But you if go. you think of the emotional baggage, right? Let's get rid of the emotional baggage as much as we can and help each other do that. There you go. All right. PHH underscore resilience on X.com national resilience day.org. Thank you, Kristen Christie for joining us on state of the nation. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after top of the hour headlines with TNT.